5 Minutes with Phil, a daily devotion for people on the go. Brought to you by Tabor Church. Welcome back to the podcast. This is 5 Minutes with Phil. All right, everybody, it's getting late in the week on Holy Week as we have now approached Maundy Thursday. Now, some people like to steer away from using the word Maundy as uh, they think, as some people who aren't familiar with the day, think that people are saying Monday, Thursday, like it's somehow we're going to squish Monday through Thursday into a day, or some kind of like thing because they're not understanding that Maundy is the word, not Monday. Now, Maundy is the Latin word for mandatum, right? So that you can already hear the English coming out, which is a mandate. Now, what is a mandate? A mandate is like, this is what I want you to do. Um, A mandate is kind of the instructions to be able to carry out something important. Now, what is it that Jesus is trying to get us, his disciples, to do? Now, there's a couple of, of things that are happening here on Monday, Thursday. So it's a day about serving. So it's a day that you see in the readings for uh, the day of Monday, Thursday. You'll see Jesus doing the foot washing. Now, what we know about foot washing is that it was very important for them. Why? Because they didn't have, uh, you know, tables that they would sit in a chair. They would be reclining at the table, which would mean if you've been walking everywhere, remember. No motorized transportation. So if you're walking everywhere, your feet are going to be dirty. And if you're reclining at the table, you don't want your dirty feet in somebody else's business. And that's where the conflict comes, right? Is that there's always then somebody who, when you're at somebody's house, you're walking in and there's always going to be somebody there to wash your feet. Now, if they had the the money, the resources, they could have a servant of the household, somebody whose job it was to be able to do that, especially as people were coming over. If you didn't have that, then the next one would be kids. If you have kids, kids would be in that servant role. They would wash the feet. They would make sure that everybody's feet were, you know, kind of clean and ready and people were presentable to be able to sit at the table in, you know, reclined, you know, sometimes their feet near each other. Now, if you didn't have kids, it would kind of naturally go hmm, to the wife, uh, to the woman of the household, whatever it might be, and so on and so forth. As you can see, there was kind of a pecking order. And what Jesus does, as he always does, is he flips the economy. He says, I'm going to be the foot washer, even though this is about me. Like, this is my party. Um, this is my gathering. I've invited you all to celebrate the Passover together. And, you know, and, and Jesus being the Passover lamb, we know that he's central to this. And yet in this economy, we see Jesus saying, I'm going to be the servant here. I'm going to be the one who's going to wash your feet. And of course, Peter speaks up, says, Jesus, I don't want you to wash my feet like that. You know, like you're our Lord, you're our master. You're the one that's in charge. Like you shouldn't be doing this. And Jesus says to him, if you don't let me wash your feet, then how can you even claim to be a part of this? You know, and there's a lot of that that's convicting. 
you know, Peter is like, hey, all right, Jesus, um, I'll let you wash my feet, but if, you know, like, don't stop there, wash all of me. And that's, you know, a really good, you know, <laughs> Peter trying to re- kind of make up for, you know, sticking his foot in his mouth. Like, I should have just let Jesus do this because he was doing it and he wanted to do it. Jesus wasn't going to do something he didn't want to do. And so, therefore, he's going through this. He's washing feet. So there's the first kind of element of Maundy Thursday. The other one is where you get more of this mandatum, this mandate, is Jesus saying to his disciples, love one another. Now, this one is, you know, like a, you know, a really big one because he's saying it to his disciples already. So disciples love one another. It's important for Jesus to be able to say, you know, I, like Jesus knows what's coming, even though his disciples don't. And so Jesus is trying to pass on, saying, love one another, meaning this is a mandate. This isn't you get to pick and choose. We are called to love one another. Now, we can have issues. We can have, you know, misunderstandings. We can have all kinds of stuff within the body of Christ, and yet we're still called to love one another. Now, we know we fail in this. Why? Because we can't be like Jesus in every facet or form all the time. So we know that there's going to be a stretch for us to love one another, and that's still something that we're called to. Love one another. Love covers a multitude of wrongs. And there's, as uh, you know, I, I mentioned before, there's always sacrifice in love. And that's really big. Jesus is going to show it. Why? Because Jesus is going to lay down his life. That was the sacrifice that he was making because he loves us. Now, it's the same thing when we are looking at love for one another. We're going to say there's all kinds of reasons why I shouldn't love, you know, my other fellow brother or sister in Christ. There's flaws. There's mistakes. There's things, you know, we know it. But there is no out on this. Jesus isn't going to say, love one another, except love one another until. You see, those words aren't used. Jesus isn't trying to give us an out here. He's trying to be able to call us to something bigger. And that's going to mean sometimes laying down our pride, laying down our Miss, you know, like uh, ideas of what should happen. All of these things. Sometimes sacrifice is going to be necessary to love one another. And then Jesus really centers this whole thing around the Lord's Supper. And it's in connection to the Passover. This is for a reason. Now, we don't have all the time in the world to be able to draw the connections, but ultimately, Jesus being the Passover lamb that I mentioned before, we're seeing it as an image, as something that's reflecting the Old Testament Passover story, that the blood of the lamb was put upon their doorposts, and then the angel of death passed over their household because of the blood of the lamb. Now, it's the same blood of the lamb, Jesus, sinless, perfect sacrifice. That blood now covers us. 
And so it's in communion that Jesus is taking that cup of Passover, one of the cups of Passover. There were a couple. Again, that's where we don't have all the time in the world to get into it. But he takes the cup and says, now this is a renewed covenant. It's the same covenant that God has made from generation to generation to generation. And now Jesus is saying, this covenant is now made with you. This is the new covenant of my blood. And what's the purpose? The forgiveness of sin. And that's the wonderful thing about this this whole Monday, Thursday, you know, um, observance, is that what we get to see here is all kinds of connections being made, whether it's serving, whether it's loving, and but ultimately what we see in the blood of Jesus Christ is the forgiveness of our sins when we fail, when we don't serve, when we don't love. And it's a good news for us. Because as even as Jesus was telling his disciples then and there, like, this is going to be good for you as we move forward. Jesus already knew what was going to happen. And he's saying, this, these things are going to be good. Just wait. But this is the blood that was shed for them. It's the same blood that's shed for you. Take that in today, that this blood of Jesus was shed for you. All right, everybody, we're going to be back tomorrow with a... Uh, Good Friday. Mm-hmm.